WVON is proud to present Her Win Trust, helping women make money moves. This exclusive weekly feature during the Perry Small Show is brought to you by Chicago's Bank, Wintrust Financial. All right, it is 11.36 on the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. My name is Perry Small, and I am so glad to be with you today as we um, look at Her Wind Trust. And our Her Wind Trust guest today is Erica Spradley. Erica is the chief power officer and founder of Confident Career Women. Um, this is really interesting. I am fascinated. I can't wait to um, find out more about what Erica does. Thank you, Erica, for joining us today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Perry. I am amazing. How are you? See, that's what I like to hear. I'm amazing, too. I've got this pot roast staring at me in the face, and it's delicious. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I love pot roasts. I can tell you, I ate a whole pot roast once when I was in high school. I couldn't go to school for two days. But anyway, (laughs) uh, you serve as a career resource who creates and facilitates trainings for organizational partners, which helps them develop and sustain top talent. How did you get in this, into this business? I stumbled into it, uh, to be honest with you. I found myself uh, working full-time many years ago, and I didn't know what I wanted to do next or who I wanted to be when I grew up. And I eventually took all of the money out of my 401k, put my resume online, gave my employer a six-week notice, and went on vacation. And while I was on vacation, a recruiter from a bank contacted me. I didn't think I was qualified to work for a bank. At the time, I didn't have my college degree. But I transitioned into banking as a financial center manager, having never worked in the industry before and, again, not having my college degree. So the light bulb went off that skills are transferable, but no one had ever told me that. And so I kind of stumbled into my purpose, if you will, Mm -hmm. with this mission to equip, empower, and encourage others to not just secure employment, but to sustain it. And so that over time evolved into three books, into an online course platform, into becoming a college and career readiness adjunct professor, coaching clients one-on-one, but also partnering with organizations, mainly through their women's employee resource groups, Mm -hmm. to offer developmental content. You are you are amazing. Let, let me say this. You said something very important, and I don't know how long ago this was when you were offered this banking position and had not yet received your degree. But mm-hmm. it seems like the country is moving into a different direction. I have my suspicions why. Um, they're saying that you don't, in a lot of these positions, you don't have to have degrees. And I figured that uh, one of the reasons why they do that is because there are so few white males that are going uh, to college now that if you mm-hmm. make <clears throat> uh, having degrees uh, a, a prerequisite to, to secure these jobs, there, it's not going to be a diverse um, workforce, and a lot of, I would say, 
white people, and I don't want to make this a racial conversation, but there are more people of color and black folks that are getting degrees not here in the United States, just here in the United States, but around the world. Uh, I was just reading a report uh, in um, Great Britain. There are more people of color and black people that are enrolled in their universities. I'm talking about Oxford and all of that. Yeah. Their college and universities than what is traditionally considered white. So this is a great opportunity, I think, for those of us that are degreed and those of us who are not degreed. What do you think about that? It's spot on. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, this still is a time of opportunity. And I know that we don't always look at it from that perspective because we hear so many negative things that are happening as a result of the pandemic. But what I tell my clients is that employers have feelings. You don't. You have options. And so when you look at what is available to you, especially with remote work, as it relates to the pandemic, you now have access to opportunities that you may not have had before. Wow. And so even if you do not have your degree, is it a required qualification or is it preferred? And also, you know, there are statistics around too, Perry, how women wait until they meet 100% of the qualifications to apply for a role, whereas men don't. And so one, we have to stop being our first no. Let the employer tell you you're not going to get an interview. If you're looking at that job posting and you can confidently communicate through your resume and when giving an interview that you can perform once hired, go ahead and apply. And also, you know, certain industries, when you have relevant experience, of course, they want you to have the education and the experience, but they may just give you a shot when you can prove that you have relevant experience. This is amazing. I am sure people are listening to us uh, right now who are not quite sure, Erica, what their next move is going to be. And I do know that there have been lots of people that since COVID, they might have lost their job. Now they're trying to figure out what is that next career that I'm going to enter on so that I will never be considered a non-essential worker. Who was working? I mean, these are the kind of questions I, I would ask if I were looking. Who were the people that were still working during COVID-19? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. Is that a good question to ask if you're like, you know, the hospitality industry, as I was talking about with Matt this morning, has been decimated. He says he doesn't think it'll ever come back uh, the way that it did before. So maybe those that have been working in hospitality, maybe they want to think, you know, a little beyond the box and, you know, think about what they have done and accomplished in their skills working in hospitality and possibly um, doing something else. What other kind of opportunities are out there for them? Absolutely. And so... I heard someone say last year at the start of the pandemic that jobs were quickly being created and eliminated at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
So to the point of those industries that were more prominent um, over the last year and some that have kind of taken a step back, you can do some research around what are the fastest growing industries and then measure your skill set against that to see if you need to reskill or upskill. I encourage people all the time to manage their career from a skill perspective, not necessarily a title or an industry perspective. When I became a college and career readiness adjunct professor, I'd never formally taught in a classroom. Mm. But because I have been creating content that produces proven results, that's right. Whether that is facilitating workshops in person, virtually, and or the online content that I create through my platform, I had those transferable skills that opened up a different door for me. You're amazing. You are so good at what you do. I know people are listening and saying, this is what I needed to hear. Um, I really appreciate you, Erica, being here. So tell us more about your business. Now, what what I get the um, impression of is that through all of your skills that you are confident about, that you have um you know, kind of just t- taking your own inventory. You started your own business. What is that business? Thank you so much, Perry. So I am the chief power officer and founder of Confident Career Woman. And what that looks like is me helping women excel at work, know their worth, and better manage their career. And so oftentimes I'll get, and especially from male friends, they'll tell me I'm discriminating because I don't help men. And that's not true. Uh I do have some male clients, but I recognize that women face some unique challenges in the workplace. So how I help women, especially through my one-on-one coaching, is I make sure that they are positioned at work, meaning they are visible and vocal and that they reap the rewards for their work. I help them through strategy, managing their relationships, making sure that they have mentors, sponsors, and in those moments where they need to communicate through conflict, just helping them navigate those conversations. Uh But also, I help them with promotion, making sure that they self-promote and self-advocate so they can experience that career mobility so that they can get the promotion. So tell our listeners, because um, like I have all these great conversations with my driver every day about driving in, and he said something to me. I never thought of it because I always knew, uh, you know, what my career path was, what I would like for it to look like. Um, I, I never wanted to be a talk show host. I never, it's something that I never wow. even considered being talent. I always wanted to do print. But if I would have done print, look what, I mean, it stayed in print. Look what would have happened. The newspapers are drying up. The magazines are drying up. And so, I mean, it just worked out. But as I was saying, what, tell people the difference, tell our audience the difference between a job and a career. It's so interesting. Um, Listening to people over the years have that conversation and just thinking about my own personal experience, um, having a job, that's what we are taught to do. And, And unfortunately, what happens is when we don't manage a career, when we're not thinking strategically, when we're not looking beyond 
the immediate, which is what a job does Uh in a career, is more sustainable and long term. We fail to manage it properly. So where I'm from, which is originally Hampton, Virginia, I was taught to get a job. Right. And so I was great at doing that. But again, when I woke up in my 30s and was like, okay, you know, what are my options? What do I want to do next? I couldn't articulate that. I didn't get my first mentor until I was in my 30s because no one around me was talking about mentorship. And so there are these nuances that come with being successful in your career, being able to sustain yourself and be more marketable that, quite frankly, we're not taught. But for people who are saying, you know what? I just want to get a job. I get that. We need to have income coming in so we can keep the lights on, so that we can keep food on the table. But, again, make sure that you have options. At any point in time, you should be able to give your resume to someone and say, let me know if you come across something that I may be interested in or that I'm qualified for, and I'll do the same for you. I wow. Do, yeah, I was actually doing a webinar um, within the last week or so um, talking about social capital strategies that advance your career. And you should be connected to an industry insider, somebody that has knowledge and access to who's who. You should have an expert that you could tap into to help you amp up your knowledge. And you definitely need an advocate someone who creates opportunities for you and cosigns that's in the company and external to the company. And I didn't learn this on my job. I learned it managing my career. Now, see, this is what's so interesting. Every guest, and I've been doing this Her One Trust segment for over a year, every one of you successful powerhouse ladies have said that they have mentors and sponsors. I am 61 years old. I have not had a mentor or a sponsor. And, you know, I I never have had a mentor or a sponsor. I've had friends in the business, but I never was taught. And I've learned this just in the last year, how important these mentors and sponsors were. Now, if I were 30 years old, I'd be scrambling right now. Look, I'm 61. I'm in the twilight of my career. I'm, I'm out of here at 65. But I take, listen, I would suggest to anyone, um, to, and everyone to have those mentors and sponsors in your life because it changes the trajectory. Every last single one of you, Erica, that has come on her wind trust has yes. done amazing things and give homage to those sponsors and mentors that have worked with them. It, it, it is, I can't say it enough for these, for our listeners that are listening. And I think, I think we get it now. I mean, this is what we've learned on her wind trust. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing that because you, like myself, like I just mentioned, you know, these are not necessarily the things that we were taught. Right. We recognize how beneficial these things are. Within the last six months, Perry, to that point of sponsorship, and, and let me just say, um, for people who may not know what the difference is between a mentor and sponsor, think uh, of it this way. Okay. A mentor speaks to you and a sponsor speaks for you. Mm. So. 
some doors are only going to open from the inside. There are people who have access to opportunities that we can't even get to just yet. And I had someone who works for Wake Forest University reach out to me and say, there's an opportunity that I think you may be interested in. And so we had a conversation about the opportunity, and I had a short-term contract with Wake Forest this year coaching their undergraduate students in the business school. Wow. That came through relationship. That came through sponsorship. That came from someone. During the middle of a pandemic. During the middle of a pandemic. People are getting promoted during this pandemic. People are prospering during this pandemic. And and that's something that we can't lose sight of because it gives us a level of faith and hope to move forward. I just, this is so inspiring. Uh, if this is inspiring to you, guys, I, I hope it is because, uh, like I said, I was never taught about sponsorships and mentors. And I'd always use, um, those terms. I was always mentoring someone else and never thought in all of these years to be mentored. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I've had people that advocated for me, but I never had a mentor or a sponsorship. And I wonder how many people listening today have ever thought of this, in, you know, this whole ideal in, in this perspective. And, and you said it for the first time, you know, that we've been talking about about mentors and all of that. I think I really heard you today, Erica. I heard you. I get Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, we can't be afraid to ask, to ask people to mentor us, to ask people for help and for guidance and support. I was sharing not too long ago that when I first launched my business, because it wasn't called Confident Career Woman, it was called My Next Level at the time. Okay. And having career coaches um, wasn't as popular then as it is now. Right. I went to Google, and I Googled nation's leading career coach and then rolled my eyes that my name wasn't on page one oh. of the Google search, Perry. I had an attitude, okay. and I kind of knew I wasn't going to be there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but someone else was, and that woman's name is Maggie Mistel. M-I-S-T-A-L. And Maggie had done work with Martha Stewart, and she'd been on national networks. And I thought, huh, success leaves clues. Here is someone who's achieved a level of success in an area that I now work in. I'm going to reach out to Maggie and ask her to mentor me. Oh, Maggie wow. did not know me. Uh-huh. I sent Maggie an email, briefly introducing myself, asking her if she would mentor me virtually for 15 minutes. Maggie said yes. I was actually thinking about how I could give back and help people. But even if Maggie would have said no, I didn't want to talk myself out of something that could have been beneficial and life-changing. Right. And I'm glad I didn't because it was. You know, this whole women power thing um, and and in celebration of women is a wonderful thing. The one thing that I took away from all of this, from the Me Too movement and all of this, mm-hmm. is that I've seen, and specifically in circles with African-American women, we are starting to help each other rather than keep this information away from each other. Yes. It is, I've, I've never 
seen this before in my lifetime until now, especially in uh, the field that I work in, of course, in, in, in media and journalism. You didn't share your secrets. You didn't tell people what you knew. I, I'll never forget one day I got home from college, and Rosemary Gully was the most visible black woman in media behind the scenes. And I reached out to her, and I think this is what turned me off on the whole mentoring thing. Mm-hmm. I had so much respect for her and what she had accomplished in television and all of this. And I, I, I called her up, and I said, can I meet you? Maybe I didn't say the right words. And mm-hmm. she said, of course. And she came, gave me a tour of AB7, ABC7 and said, see ya. Never oh, heard wow. from her again. And I was just sat there. And I don't blame her for that, God rest her soul. We just did not do that. Mary D. talks about this in, in during her career, how difficult it was for her to ba- break through. So... I guess I'm asking you, because some people don't take rejection well. Maybe I was one yes. of those people, and then I'll tell you to hell with you, and I'll just keep it moving, <laughs> right? But, I mean, what advice would you give to our audience when they hear no? Because you said earlier, let somebody else tell you no, but don't tell yourself no. So what advice would you give to our audience members about um getting rid of the fear of being told no? When it comes to getting rid of the fear, I I don't know that people will ever get rid of it because even once you reach that goal, you achieve that goal, you get to the next level. There are going to be some other nuances that you're just not going to know how to navigate. But what I will tell you is to reframe the no. Okay. It could mean not right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It could also mean that the person that you're speaking with isn't the person ordained to help you during this season, and that's okay. We've all heard no at this stage in our lives, and we're still here. So even though it doesn't feel good, that doesn't mean that it has to be a period in the sentence. It can be a comma. We can stop, reset, recalibrate, but whatever you do, don't stop. Continue to move forward. What do people do to find you and talk to you and, and, and use your services? Where can they go, uh, Erica? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, they can find me, of course, across social media. So um, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. They can find me at Confident Career Woman. Um, they can also go to my online course platform, and they can access that a couple of ways. They can go directly to the site, which is confidentcareerwoman.com, or from my Instagram profile. I actually have free courses, Perry, uh-huh. um, for people. So for those people who are saying, I want to identify my transferable skills, I need a listing. You can find it in my free course, Ditch the Downplay. For people who are saying, I'm looking for a job, I need to prep for this interview, you can access my free course, How to Communicate with Confidence and Credibility. But then also, of course, people can visit my website, which is www.ericaspradley.com. Oh, my goodness. This was so enlightening. You are just amazing. I'm going to have a great weekend because of you. 
Oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to have a great weekend because of you. I wish I was a little bit closer so I could have some of that pot roast. Oh. Be eating it <laughs> well, I'm telling you, we are some happy people around here today. And thanks, LaTierra, for fixing this wonderful meal for us hungry souls. Um, Erica, thank you for feeding our souls in terms of what our next moves are going to be in our careers in the middle of the pandemic. You were very uh, resourceful and you gave such good information about what we can do in spite of a, a pandemic. I really do appreciate you and I can't wait to get on your website, uh, Confident Career Woman, and follow you. you. You've really been just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Perry. It's been a pleasure. Thanks right. for having me. Yeah, I'm going to have you on again. It might not be a herd wind trust, but I would love to talk to you again. Keep up the good work.